Welcome to Strange Talk. Hey, strangers! Welcome to Strange Talk.、Um, I'm bringing you guys another special episode because we're diving into some more 911 calls. So, listener warning: these calls can be pretty graphic, very intense. You're going to be hearing people dying. You're going to be hearing people panic. Um, gunfire. Although it's kind of hard to hear with some of the audio, but granted, it is there nonetheless. So I just want to let you know that listener discretion is advised. It's not an episode for you to be listening to with your kids. So if you're in your car and you have your kids in the car, I recommend you put on Baby Shark or something else because this is not an episode for the little ones. Also, there's、um, a couple in here that are not particularly 911 calls.、Um, so I know you're probably going to point that out, but. I thought they were interesting to put in there, nonetheless, because of the subject matter that is in these、um, audio. They are of videos. One is an interview, and the other one is a video、um, of somebody, you know, doing something in particular. Obviously, I'll give you the details before you get into it, but yeah. So I just want to give you guys a heads up.、Um, so without further ado, let's dive into some more 911 calls. Okay, just try and keep the kids in the library calm. 
Yeah. Is there any way you can block the door so no one can get in? I do, I do not. Okay. I, yeah, I guess I can try to go, but I mean, I can go right outside that door. I'm afraid to go to the door. That's okay. That's where he is. I'm afraid okay. to go there. Okay? That's okay. Okay, I told the kids to get on the floor. I had one under the table. All of the children are on the floor under the table. Um, um, yeah, they're all under the table. Okay. And, and I as long as we can just try and keep... No one's saying a word. Okay, as long as we can keep everyone there as calm as we can. I hear some yelling out there going on right yeah, now. Yeah, we've got alarms going off now as well. Yeah, there's alarms. This room is filled with smoke. Okay. Okay. Keep everyone low to the floor. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's up. Okay. Everyone stay on the floor. Stay on the floor. Stay on to the table. Okay. I... Okay. I don't know. I... Okay. I know. Just... I don't know. I didn't... I said. What, what is that kid got? He was outside at the time. And, 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 um, I was all called to tell God. And he's trying, he's like, he's going, woo, woo, woo. Mm -hmm. I know. Things are, are being shot off. I do not know who the student was. I don't even know if I saw him, but he's wearing black. He didn't look very large. Um, male student. Um, he was out there shooting. It looked like he was climbing out and shooting. And so I said, what is that? Mm -hmm. I said, what's going on out there? This guy has got a totally good video production. You know, they do these videos. Right. And the kids, the kids, I said, well, that's not, you know, a play gun, a real gun. I was going out there to say no. Mm -hmm. And I went, well, I said, oh, my God, that was really close. That just rattled me. Okay. What's your name, ma'am? Obviously, you know what that phone call was. It was actually from one of the teachers who she stated her name in the phone call, which is Patty Nelson. Patty is actually her nickname. Her actual name is Patricia. And this is what I could find on her during that actual time when she made the phone call. So I'll give a brief description of what happened during that phone call. Patty was on hall monitor duty when she saw a male student at the west end of the hallway with a gun. She asked another nearby student, Brian Anderson, what was going on, and he told her he thought the other student was probably shooting a movie, and that he knew the student in question, and that the gun was probably a prop cap gun. Later, Patty overheard Brian telling another teacher the student's name was Eric Harris, and Brian knew, he was, knew who he was in the video productions class. Patty didn't think it was right to have a gun in the school, pretend or not, and went to confront the student. She had just passed through the first set of double doors into the passway where Eric Harris was at when he fired the weapon toward the outside. 
He then turned and seeing her and Brian smiled and shot at them as well. He missed hitting the glass doors behind them. Patty was hit with broken glass and shrapnel, screaming, Dear God, in terror as she turned to run. She saw Brian get shot in the back as he retreated with her, but he was able to keep running away from the shooter with her toward the library. During the ordeal in the library, she heard them call someone Fat Boy, and at a later point heard one of the girls cry out, Oh God, and then heard one of the gunmen ask her if she believed in God. Patty then heard him call the girl awful and hateful names. More gunfire followed. Eventually, the shooters went to leave, but one of them, who was Dylan, paused near the circulation desk where Patty was actually hiding at. This is where she actually made the phone call, saying, wait a minute, there's one more thing. Then he smashed a chair on top of the circulation desk. After that, she heard one of them say, let's go down to the commons. After the noises stopped entirely, she crawled to the librarian's workroom and saw two other women, Lois and Carol, hiding in a small room off the main workroom. Patty crawled inside a cupboard and shut the doors, where she remained for approximately three hours. While she was in the cupboard, she heard more gunfire coming from the library. She heard the gunmen say they were going to blow the library up, but she couldn't bring herself to leave the cupboard for fear of getting shot. Eventually, Lois opened the cupboard and told Patty they needed to leave. They were able to escape the school at that point, escorted by police. She ran south to Pierce Street, where she was treated for her injuries, including a grazing wound to the shoulder from a bullet. She was then taken to the hospital, where she was treated and released April 20th, 1999. So luckily for her, she survived that tragic ordeal and was able to continue on with her life. It's crazy, though. Uh, I can't imagine being in that situation, what I would do. I know I would probably die, die, or I don't know, I'd probably run and just, I don't know, because I would like to imagine that I'd probably fucking fight, but it's kind of hard to fight somebody when they have a automatic fucking rifle and you're kind of weaponless. But I mean, at that point, they even say, I think because I remember uh, for one of my jobs when I was working, you know how you have to watch like orient, like go to orientation, but one of the orientations was basically showing you a video of like what to do if there's ever the event of an active shooter. And the it's like three cheesy choices. You know those stupid little cheesy videos they make you watch during training? And one was uh, flee, um, hide, or fight. <laughs> and it's funny because they're in the scene when they're like trying to fight, it just shows them all like huddled up like, what are we going to do? He's going to try to come in here. What do we do? And then one guy's like, we fight. <laughs> and he grabs like a bar or something from like a fucking cupboard. And he like holds, he's like, they're getting ready and they're about to open up the door. And then it just stops right there. Be like, so remember the three choices you have: flee, hide, or fight. <laughs> so remember, 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 everybody: flee, hide, or fight. Now let's get into the next call. What's the emergency? I have a baby in a car. It's been here from what it's reported to me about forty-five minutes. Uh, the mother came out. She reported that there was she had something going on, and she didn't want her baby to be in danger in the house. I'm being I'm being uh, attacked by uh, two females. At 19041. Hey, is there, an apart- off me, ma'am. is there an apartment number associated with that? That is my business. Kid in the car for an hour is my business. They're still chasing me down. They're still chasing you down? Yes, they're walking after me. She's talking to herself. She's what? Talking to herself. The car have a door open. The house have the windows open up, up there. Um, I heard loud noises in the night. I just wake up and I, I heard like... 
jumping and I didn't know they have four children so I don't know if the kids are just doing that every day so I, I didn't just think anything but this morning when I just take my kids to school I saw the knife with blood outside I see the car with the door open I see the windows open so I don't know if something happened there there's a the knife is still there so that brief phone call that you heard was actually two separate calls. The first one being, well, <laughs> just to give you what happened was originally the first call, which was a, a man, he was calling because he saw that a mother had left her child in the car for, I think he said 40 minutes or up to an hour almost basically. So that's who he was calling because he was concerned that the child was left in the car for that amount of time. And the re and when the police actually got out there, what they discovered, here's the article that I found about it. A mother killed two of her own children while performing an exorcism in Germantown, Minnesota. Montgomery County police have charged two women for murder in the Friday deaths of a one-year-old boy and two-year-old girl. Zakiah Latrice Avery, the mother of the children, is charged with two counts of first-degree murder for the killings and two counts of attempted first-degree murder as two other children remain hospitalized after Friday's attack. Avery, 28, of the 1900 block of Cherry Bend Drive in Germantown, is being held without bond. Monifa Denise Sanford, 21, who was also at the scene, has been released from the hospital and has been charged with two counts of first-degree murder for the deaths of two kids and two counts of attempted murder for two children who are still in the hospital. She is also being held without bond. Police identified the deceased children as Norel and Harris, a one-year-old male, and Zayana <laughs> Z. Harris, a two-year-old female. Aren't I great at just pronouncing names? The hospitalized children are identified as Tanya Harris, a five-year-old female, and Martello Harris, an eight-year-old male. People have laid down flowers, candles, and teddy bears in front of the home where the two children were killed and two others were injured. A vigil was held on Saturday night to remember the small children who were stabbed to death. It's kind of horrifying for any father, any grandfather, state's attorney John McCarthy said on Friday. These are hard cases, he said, as his voice was breaking. That's what the article had. Um, that happened in actually of January 19th, uh, 2014 is when this incident occurred. Nothing else is said of it. So it's actually a brief article that I found off of USA Today. And they don't actually have, I mean, I still don't think there's any, and I mean, if it is, it's probably just kept private and it's not being made to the public, but that I know of where I heard, because I've seen the, the case like on YouTube and stuff like that, people talked about it. So it could be factual or it could just be, they're just trying to, you know, get all the information in their video. But most of the videos that I've seen, the reason for them trying to perform the exorcism was that they believed the children were possessed by the devil or demons and they wanted to. The only way to, to rid the body of the demon was to actually kill them because they believe that they are no longer their children or that the mother believed that those aren't her children anymore and that the demon has taken over the body fully. So that's why she chose what to, like to murder her children, which is really fucking insane. And maybe she could have been going through some postpartum depression, like some psychosis of that nature, and it sucks. But unfortunately, those children died. So let's move on to <laughs> more misery of the 911 calls. But hey, you guys love this shit because these are my most popular episodes. So let's dive into the next 911 call. 911, what's the address of the emergency? 
Yeah, there's a baby in our garbage can. And I thought it was a cat. I was outside just a minute ago. And I, I got my mother-in-law to come out. And we lifted the trash bags off. And there's a baby in the garbage can. Is it alive? Yes. Okay. Is it breathing? I think so, because he sounds like a cat in distress. And I don't know how to get him out. Neither one of us are tall enough, and if we tip it, the grass is going to go over on top of him. Okay, just stay on the phone with me. No, we're going to want to see the medical. Oh, my gosh. Okay, just stay on the phone with me. I'm getting some help on the way. Are you with, are you with the baby now? And I are both outside. Okay. How old does the baby look? It looks newborn. I mean, it can't be more than, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We've got some help on the way. Just stay on the phone with me, okay? He's got to be newborn. I don't know. He's in the trash. Okay. Is is it awake? He's He's moving. I can't see that his eyes are open. His head looks a little bruised on one side. Okay. I don't even know if it's he, but I'm assuming. Is he bleeding? He's not bleeding, but I can see. Okay. Somebody buried him in our garbage because I was out taking the trash out yesterday, too. We don't have very much in there. But they, they put him underneath, and I thought he was a cat. I was out here earlier, and I thought there was a cat in our bushes. We've got some help on the way. I'm sending the paramedics to help you now. Just stay on the line. I'll tell you exactly what to do next. I can't reach him because I'm not tall enough. Okay. Can can you see if he's breathing? He is breathing and he's making noises. Okay. There's still the cord on there, so he's got to be newborn. He's still got an umbilical on his belly button. Okay. Just stay on the phone with me. I'm going to get us through to the Unified Police Department as well, okay? Okay. 911, what is the location of your emergency? I've got the caller on the line. She says somebody put a baby in her garbage can. The baby is still breathing. It's making noises. The cord is still attached, but she can't get it out of the garbage can. She's not tall enough. So we've got the medical okay. on the way. Doing a great job. I want you to watch the baby closely, okay? Okay, we've got the neighbor over, and we're going to get him out of the garbage can. He's okay. Crying, so he is, he's breathing. Okay, have someone go get a blanket. We have a blanket. Have okay. Blanket. Okay. If he becomes less awake and vomits, yes. quickly turn him on his side. Okay. If he Is vomits, this a house or an apartment? It's a house. Turn him on his side. Why would they do that? And if he gets worse in any way, I want you to let me know immediately for further instructions, okay? Okay. Okay. You're doing great. You're doing great, okay? He's out of the garbage now. Okay, so is it a male? Is it a boy? We need to look. Buddy, are you a boy? It is a fresh baby. Okay. Oh, I'm afraid to move. <laughs> okay, you know what? Just just hold on to him and cradle him, okay? Is he awake? He he's. I don't know if his eyes are open, but he's crying, so... Okay, so his eyes are open. We're, I'm on the phone with him now. His eyes are not open. Okay. He's brand new. They're sending the paramedics. There they are. Are they arriving now? I can hear sirens, so hopefully. Okay. Okay, just stay on the phone with me, all right? I'm here. 
You're doing great. Let me know if the baby, are you guys standing outside with the baby right now? Um, yes, our neighbor has him. Okay. Too far away from the house because you're, I'm on a cordless, so. Okay. Is, is he bleeding from the umbilical cord? There's no blood coming off the umbilical cord. Okay. Long. I mean, whoever did it left a good eight to ten inches of umbilical. Okay. And there's no blood? There's no blood that I can see, and whoever it is covered him up with the trash. Okay. So we were in there for a while. Morning, I came out at, at 6 o'clock when my husband went to work, and I heard something that I thought was a cat in distress, and I couldn't find him because it was still dark. And then when I looked in the garbage, I am blind in one eye, and so I saw something that looked like a paw, so I went in and I got my mother-in-law to help, and when we took the bag of trash off the top, it was the baby. Oh, I'm so glad you checked. I'm, so, I'm glad you checked. You're doing a great job. Okay, they're here. They're with you right now? They're pulling up as we speak. Okay, just let me know when they're right with you, okay? Okay. I can't believe anybody would do this. I know, I know. I'm going to hang up with you guys. All right, thanks. I'm just going to stay on the phone with you until they're right with you and the baby, okay? Okay. They're yeah. out. Someone put a baby in our garbage can. They're here. Okay, I'll go ahead and let you go. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. So that phone call that you heard was, yes, of a woman calling because she found a newborn baby in her garbage can. And here's the article that I found associated with that incident. Authorities have released the 911 call a Kern's neighbor made after finding a newborn in her garbage can. She told the operator the baby appeared to be a newborn with umbilical cord still attached and was breathing. Well on the phone with 911, the woman went to get her neighbor, Alicia Englertz, Englertz, father, to help get the newborn out of the trash. I tried pronouncing that fucking last name like so many times before I started recording. For the life of me, I just can't fucking pronounce it. The 911 caller said she had heard what she thought was a cat in her yard and they discovered it was a baby in her garbage can. As the woman watched emergency crews rescue the baby, she said, I can't believe anybody would do this. Police later confirmed the infant belonged to 23-year-old Alicia Engler, who had just given birth to the baby girl next door. Engler's father told Fox 13, which is where I got the article from, back in August, he was the one who retrieved the baby from the trash can. He said he and his wife had no idea the baby was Alicia's or that she had been pregnant. Alicia was arrested that afternoon and is now facing attempted murder charges for allegedly putting her newborn child in a garbage can. Officials said the infant had not received care or food before she was found in critical condition. According to a probable cause statement, Alicia told police she was afraid to tell her parents about the pregnancy and she said she discarded the baby in hopes it would die and solve her problems. So that's all the information I have on that. And that actually happened in December 16th of 2014 is when that incident happened. So let's keep chugging along on this 911 train. Let's continue to the next call. Don't, don't, don't open that. Don't open that. Fire rescue, what's your address? Young man beating up a woman. Across the street. Okay, are they outside or in a house? It's in a garage. Okay, can you tell if he has any weapons? Um, I think he had a knife, but I'm not positive. 
Okay, can you tell if she's injured or he's injured? Say again? Are, are either of them injured? Can you tell from where you are? Yes, there's a girl laying on the ground. He beat her up. I ran over there. I'm bleeding profusely here at the moment. Okay. I don't know what happened. All right. Can you tell stabbed. if she's conscious or is she unconscious? Say again? Can you tell if she's conscious? No, it does not appear so, no. Okay. And how? what kind of injuries do you have? Uh, I've been stabbed in the back. Uh, with and a knife? Yes, I believe so. It was tough okay. to tell. Okay. You couldn't tell how long it was or anything? You need an ambulance? Complete. Yeah, we're Quick sending them. We're sending them. And where is he? Is he yeah, I think in he's the area still? Right across okay. the street from my house. All right. What's your name? Okay. All right, we're going to get the paramedics right out sir, there. Sir, what did the guy look like? Was he white, black, Hispanic? He is white. You know how old he is? About 25 years old. And what was he wearing? Um, shorts and a T-shirt. Do you know who he is? I have no idea. Does he live at that house? or? No, he does not. Did the female look familiar to you? Um, I believe it was the daughter of the house that lives over there. I'm not positive. Can you have your wife or... I don't want you moving if you've been stabbed, but I, can you have your wife or someone look out and see if he's still there? Um, I don't know. See if that car is still there, honey. It appears he's still there. said you, you definitely saw a knife and that's what he hit you with in the back? No, I did not see it, but my wife's looking at my back and it appears I got punctured. Yes, Dad. In the neck, in the head, three, three puncture wounds. Okay, we got units en route, okay? Okay. All right, just call us back if anything changes, all right? No, don't joke don't with that on me. I'm bleeding pretty bad. So okay, we got we got an ambulance and everybody in route. Just stay right there and stay calm, okay? Okay, thanks. All right. 911, do you need fire, police, or medical? I need medical. We called let me, once. Let me transfer to fire rescue. Are you, are, yes. We have units en route, ma'am. Everybody's en route. The deputies just got on scene. They have to secure before we can get in. Is your husband still conscious? Yes. Okay. Here, I can get you back on if you want to get some more advice from them, but uh, they're on their way, okay? Okay, okay. I mean, I, I think we've got it under control, but I just want to make sure they are coming. Yes, no, everybody's coming. The deputies have to secure this scene before the fire rescue can come in, okay? Okay, well, he better secure it or I'm going to keep... There's, there's units on scene across the street right now, okay? Yes, okay, thank you. All right. All right. So that phone call was of... There's actually three phone calls, I believe. One was from, um, well, the victim that they were calling for, her name was Martha Montoya, and it was her daughter's calling. And the first one was, I believe, from the oldest daughter, and then the second one was from the youngest daughter who ran away during the attack. And then the last one was a neighbor who was calling because he saw the husband or their stepfather at the time who was the perpetrator of the attack. And he was just coming out of work. Well, not coming out of work, but he was going to work and he was coming out of his apartment to go to his car. And he happened to see the perpetrator who was the stepfather of, of the of the daughters of, of Martha. And he called 911 because he didn't know what that stepfather did. So he wasn't aware of what happened. He, but 
you know, as you heard in the phone call, they told him to stay on the line. So here's the article that I found about the incident. <clears throat> All Martha Montoya's daughter wanted for her 13th birthday was for her stepfather to move out. It was a gift that Montoya died trying to give her. Walter Ricardo Lopez Barrios, whose Montoya's two daughters, whose Montoya's two daughters said was overly affectionate, awakened Montoya early on August 20th, the eve of her daughter's big day. He killed the 56-year-old woman with a sledgehammer and a knife in the early morning attack, according to the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office. Two weeks later, Lopez Barrios is in the county jail awaiting a September 19th court appearance. Montoya's teenage girls, whom the Palm Beach Post is not naming because they are minors, are with family members in Lake Worth. Family members said the younger girl spends spare moments replaying the 911 calls and reading news accounts about her mother's futile and final attempt and making her stepfather leave. Her older sister, 16 at the time, can't silence the memory of their mother's screams. So unfortunately, uh, Martha Montoya lost her life, but her daughters get to live on and continue in their heartache. So, you know, be careful. Be careful who you date and who you marry, because you never know. You just, you just never know. So let's keep going. <laughs> More misery awaits you guys. And as we dive into more 911 calls. So before I get into this next bit of audio, it's not a 911 call. It's actually an interview that was conducted during a news segment. And the reason why I wanted to include it because of the shocking nature of it. It's not necessarily anything violent. It is just more of like, um, I guess, how can I explain it without spoiling it? Maybe you guys have heard of, the, heard of this particular case. Um, I might be doing an episode on it. Who knows? I really don't know what the future holds as of right now, as I'm juggling so many projects and juggling so many cases. But before I get into the audio, it's maybe you might even recognize the name. His name is Stephen McDaniel. So that could probably give it away if you are a true crime fanatic and you've been following cases like this. But I will go into the details of it after you hear and maybe at first it won't come straight to you maybe you won't really know why I even chose to choose it until i give you the great epiphany of 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 what happened so let's get into the bit of audio yeah lauren was my neighbor um we're just trying to find out where she is at this point i mean no one has seen her since saturday I mean, the last time anyone heard from her was an email that she sent out, and I mean, no one's heard from her since. And did you see her hang out with anyone at the time, anything like that? I mean, no, no, no one has seen her since Saturday. I haven't seen anything. I mean, you always hear noise outside, but it's just people walking by, pretty much. And you, uh, she just recently graduated from Mercer. Yeah, she and I were we were both JD students. Um, we graduated back in May. What kind of person was she? I mean, how did you, what did you see? I mean, she's as nice as can be. I mean, very personable, very much a people person. Do you know anybody that, any enemies she might have had, somebody that might want to hurt her? No, I mean, we don't know where she is. I mean, the only thing we can think is that maybe she went out running and someone snatched her. Because, I mean, we went, at, we went over, one of her friends had a key, we went inside and tried to see if there was anything a miss, but I mean, she had a door jam that was sitting right by it, so there was no sign that anyone broke in. I mean, the door was locked when everyone got here. I mean, we, we just don't know where she is. I mean, what about um, in the like 
the parking lot area. I know they've been doing a lot of, I think that's where they have recovered the body or whatever they recovered from there. Body? Um, had you heard, any, had you seen anything there? Had you seen anything there? Alright. I mean, we don't know if this is the same person. You know what I mean? Like, they took out a body there earlier. We don't know if it's the same person or not. So that's why we're trying to ask people if they know who lived there. Are you okay, sir? I think I need to sit down. Okay. Now you're probably wondering why I chose to have that bit of audio in a 911 call. And the reason is because I thought it was interesting nonetheless because I wanted to include that because during that interview, as you heard towards the end where he's like, I, 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 need, to, I need to sit down, one could possibly believe that he's simply just in shock to find out that his neighbor, who happened to be supposedly his friend, went missing and they discovered her body. But here's what actually happened, and I will give you the information right now. Throughout the interview, Stephen McDonald acts like a distraught neighbor, shocked by the disappearance of an ex-classmate. It turned out he was responsible for her murder. In the early hours of June 26, 2011, Stephen McDaniel broke into the apartment of his downstairs neighbor and fellow Mercer College Law School graduate Lauren Giddings, where he murdered her and dismembered her body. Four days later, when Giddings was reported missing by her friends, a local news channel interviewed McDaniel as a neighbor of Giddings. After learning that he committed the murder, reporters are asking about, this interview takes on a new light. Throughout the interview, McDaniel attempts to put on the image of a distraught neighbor, shocked by the disappearance of an ex-classmate. However, he seems more concerned about establishing that he did not know what happened to Giddings and that no witnesses had seen anything than in actually grieving or worrying about Giddings. He also seems to have a breakdown when the reporter notes th that the police recovered a body in the parking lot of the building. McDaniel had already been established as a person of interest in the case by the police at the time of that interview. Later that day, police searched McDaniel's room. They say that at this point, McDaniel became unhinged, sweating profusely, and drinking at least 10 bottles of water. Soon after, the police recovered Giddings' torso from one of the building's dumpsters. Her dismembered limbs and head were likely carried away to the dump, but a police car had parked in front of this particular dumpster, keeping the body in place until it was searched. In the following days, police would find the packaging to the hacksaw used to dismember Gideon's body in McDaniel's room, as well as a master key to the rooms in the building. They also found a pair of Gideon's panties in McDaniel's apartment, and several blog posts he had written describing torture and violence towards women. After being arrested and held in police custody for 10 months, McDaniel confessed to the murder and pleaded guilty on April 21st of 2012. He received a sentence of life in prison. He detailed how he stalked Giddings, even filming her through her second-story window with the camera attached to a long stick directly before the murder which he established she was alone in her room. He used his master key, which he had stolen from one of the landlords of the building, to enter her room. She awoke at the sound of him sneaking into the room, at which point Stephen McDaniel jumped on her and strangled her to death. He then dragged her body to her bathtub, where he used his hacksaw to dismember her corpse. McDaniel placed th these dismembered parts in garbage bags and dumped them in dumpsters around the area. He fully expected all of these body parts to be brought to the dump, but when the torso was found, his perfect crime 
was foiled. Due to the planning that went into the crime as well as the relative little contact between the killer and his victim, many believe McDaniels was a budding serial killer who would have gone on to kill more if he had not been caught. Stephen McDaniel is now being held at Valdosta State Prison or Valdosta State Prison and will likely stay in prison until his death. So that is why I chose to include that bit of audio because the, he is basically a textbook serial killer because of his demeanor, his calm nature, and it wasn't until the body was discovered he thought he basically got away with the perfect crime. But it just, by coincidence, a police car happened to park in front of that dumpster that was holding her torso. So I guess apparently uh, the article that I gave all this information from, they didn't really include it, but through seeing like YouTube like documentaries, you know, around true crime and stuff like that that have taken on this case. He never really spoken to her that much. He would maybe conversate, small talk here and there, but I guess he became increasingly like obsessed with her in a stalking like nature and he decided to just if he was too afraid to ask her out. So if he felt like he couldn't ask her out and she he didn't want to miss the opportunity to, but he was just such so much of a fucking pussy to ask her out. And she didn't either had a fear of rejection or that's probably what it was. He was a fucking ensile probably type of dude, but he couldn't ask her out and just say, Hey, you know what? So he said pretty much to himself, like if I can't have her, nobody can and decided to kill her and dismember her fucking body in her bathtub. So let's get into the next 911 call. 911. What's the address of your emergency? Waukesha County Linium transfer over a caller on Big Bend. At the dead end, just south of Rivera. Okay. Came upon a 12-year-old female. She appears to be stabbed. She appears to be what? Stabbed. Stabbed? Correct. Okay. Sir, are you still there? Yes. Hi, sir. So, is are you with this 12-year-old female? Yeah, she says she's having trouble breathing. She said she was stabbed multiple times. Stabbed multiple times? <laughs> yes. Okay, sir, are you with her right now? Yes. Is she awake? She's awake. Is she um, breathing? Yeah, she's breathing. She said she can take shallow breaths. She's alert. Okay, stay with her. We're sending the police department. Don't hang up, okay? Oh, Hold on just a up. minute. Don't hang up. Okay. Okay. Hold on just a minute, sir. We're sending officers. Okay. Is there any assailant around? Ah, uh, I didn't even look. I don't see anybody. It's a dead Okay, stay stay right with her, sir. Is she on the ground or is she standing up? No, she's laying on the grass. Laying on the grass. Stay right with her. Just let me know if she is remaining conscious or not, okay? Okay. Is there any bleeding going on? Her clothing has got blood on it. Where are the wounds? Do you see where the wounds are? No, I'm, I don't know if I should be rolling her over and checking or not. Do you know where? Okay, just stay with her and just let me know if she's conscious or alert or stops breathing or anything. Hold on, I'm going to talk to the ambulance. Police are also en route. Okay, thank you. I'm bothering you at all? My shade? Okay. Uh, you very Two copies. Okay. Just keep her in that position. Just let me know on her breathing. Okay. What's your name, sir? My name? Your name. My name. Okay, were you just passing through? Yes. Okay, and you found her and she was just laying there? Yes. Okay. Okay, so you see any active bleeding or blood spurting out or anything like that? No, unless it's underneath or I just see okay. just dried blood. Okay, just dried blood. Okay. 
Okay, is she still breathing? Is she still alert? Yeah. Okay, stay with her. Yep. Stay okay. with her. I, Keep an eye on her. Hold on just a minute. Do not hang up, sir. Okay, I will not. Who did that to you? Or don't you want to talk? And she didn't say who did this or how it happened? I don't know if, I don't know if she wants to be talking. I started to ask okay. her and then... That's okay. If she's... It's got to save her energy, I think. Okay, but you see nobody else around you. Are you clearly visible? They pull down that road towards the dead end that they'll see you? I'm, I'm sorry, I couldn't are, hear you. Are you clearly visible when they come down there so they see you? I'm going to have, I've got a, a strobe flashlight on my bicycle. I'll shine that towards any emergency vehicle I see. And I'll be, I'll be standing in the middle of the road. You're in the middle of the road? And where's she, in the side of the road? Yeah, she's on a grass. It's a oh, little, a okay. little trail I take on my bicycle. Okay, okay. See, don't hang up, sir. Just stay right with me. Okay. And let me know immediately if you see anything else suspicious in the area—a car, a person, anything. All right. Keep your eyes open. Was there anyone coming or leaving? Were any cars coming or leaving when you came upon her? Um, no. Nothing. No. So, were you on foot walking by, or did you pull up in a car? Bicycle. You're on a bicycle. Yeah. How did you see her? Did you just... She's right in the middle of the little path I take. Middle of the little path. Okay. Yeah. There's a squad car coming now. Okay. The squad car coming? Okay. Flag yeah. the squad car down. Protect her. Here he's coming. Does she have a bike or anything with her? No, I don't see it. One sandal is off, but, you know, maybe three feet away from her. Okay. Flag that officer down. I'm going to let you here. go. Okay. You meet with him right now, Okay. Okay, thank, thank you. you. So that phone call was, which I'm pretty sure most of you should be familiar with. If not, then I will let you know what it is. That was actually the phone call of a bicyclist who discovered the body of the 14-year-old girl who was actually discovered to be part of the Slender Man stabbing, which you guys know. She was the victim of the Slender Man stabbing. So one of two Wisconsin girls who attempted to kill a classmate in 2014 in an effort to please the fictional horror character Slender Man has been sentenced. This is uh, an article that I found after uh, the incident, obviously, and it's just going to talk about her sentencing and everything. Anissa Wehrer, 16, I probably said that wrong, was sentenced Thursday to 25 years in a mental health facility, the maximum punishment possible. She pleaded guilty in August to being a party to attempted second-degree intentional homicide, but claimed she wasn't responsible for her actions because she was mentally ill. A jury agreed with her a month later. Wakesha County Circuit Judge Michael Boren sentenced Weir to 25 years in a psychiatric institution, retroactive to the date of the crime, meaning she would be institutionalized until age 37. Weir, along with Morgan Geyser, lured classmate Peyton Lutner into a wooded park in Wakesha in 2014. Geyser stabbed Lutner 19 times while Weir encouraged her, investigators said. Lutner, or Lutner crawled out of the woods and a bicyclist found her, which is the one who called. All three girls were 12 years old at the time of the attack. Lutner's mother sent the judge a letter this week detailing that the 2014 attack has defined our lives and that Lutner still fears for her life. She will struggle with the events of that day and physical and emotional scars it left for the rest of her life, Lutner's mother wrote. Both Wire and Geyser told authorities they felt they had to kill Lutner to become Slenderman's proxies or servants and protect their families from him.
where apologize before sentencing, telling the court, I do hold myself accountable for this and that I will do whatever I have to do to make sure I don't get any sort of delusion or whatever again. I want everybody involved to know I deeply regret everything that happened that day. I know that nothing I say is going to make this right and nothing I say is going to fix what I broke, Weir said. I don't know, I can't imagine she'd have some like stupid like teenage girl like voice like, I do hold myself accountable for this and that I will do whatever I have to do to make sure I don't get any sort of delusion or whatever again. I want everybody involved to know I deeply regret everything that happened that day. I know that nothing I say is going to make it right and nothing I say is going to fix what I broke. I imagine that's what she sounded like. Weir's attorney argued her client shouldn't be hospitalized past her 25th birthday. She played a video in court in which her father claimed Weir has grown mentally and physically and added that she knows what she did was wrong. Geyser, the girl who did the stabbing, pleaded guilty to attempted first-degree intentional homicide with the agreement that she isn't criminally responsible and shouldn't go to prison. She will be sentenced in February, and prosecutors have asked that she be given at least 40 years in a mental hospital. Slenderman started with an online post in 2009 as a mysterious specter whose image people edit into everyday scenes of children at play. He is typically depicted as a spidery figure in a black suit with a featureless white face. He was regarded by his devotees as alternately a sinister force and an avenging angel. <laughs> people just have too much fucking time on their hands. So that's that was the Slenderman 911 call. So let's continue on with some more 911 calls. So before I get into this next audio, it's not a 911 call again, but this is the last one of that sort. And what it is of, because if I just like just thrust it upon you, the audio, you kind of won't, maybe you'll get what they're talking about, but it is a video you necessarily do have to watch. But the audio is pretty descriptive nonetheless. But what it is of, it is of apparent like, VHS tape that was just kind of found, but it's not found footage, but it was just kind of passed around. And I remember during back in the LimeWire type of days, if you're not familiar with what LimeWire was, LimeWire was basically a BitTorrent site that you could download. It wasn't a site, but you could download it from a website. What it was, I used it a lot to either get movies or music. And basically that's what I used it and others used it for was to download and torrent movies. And you could get movies, music, and that's where I would make a lot of my CDs and stuff like that. So shout out to any of you LimeWire users. But basically, that's where it kind of came from was LimeWire. You can actually find it on YouTube in its entirety. I didn't get it in its entirety. I, I just recorded about five minutes of audio because it is kind of rough to listen to. So fair warning, only because the dude that is giving the details of the subject matter he has a very, very, not super bad, but it is kind of noticeable speech impediment. He has a stutter. But what's entailed in the video, in the audio is what you're going to be hearing, is of a supposed grave robbers. One is recording, which you do not see or hear. I think maybe you hear his voice a couple times. Probably not. It's because I actually watched the entire video. Um, but he's basically describing how he goes into graves and digs up the bodies and gathers the bones because he actually sells them supposedly and he goes on to say about what he needs to bring for proof to show that it's an actual skull and it's not fake and so i will be playing that audio right now 
So be prepared. It's It might not be easy to listen to because he goes into very descriptive details of what he does to achieve the bodies and things like that. So this is your warning. Let's get into it. On this big, all right, if it's a male, you might have lines like that from the from the baldness, okay? Now, so what you do is you grab it around here. You grab it here and peel it back like that, okay? Peel it back, all right, and it'll pull off. It'll make a disgusting sound. Um, so let's say it's some someone important, right? All right, so you, uh, so you take a sample of the uh, mustache, right? Okay, so you... To make sure that... Uh, um, it's authentic, or you take the dentures and you make sure they're with them, so that way the person knows who this person is. All right, all right. Because sometimes, sometimes you you go and you risk your ass looking for somebody. All right, and somebody might be paying some serious money for it. So you have to make sure it's the real thing. Okay, and and you have to make sure it's the real thing. So you have, so you have to bring some kind of um, proof that it's the real thing. So you bring a piece of hair. Preferably from the, from the longest part, and you know, um, so let's say they have a, a mustache. You bring that definitely, all right. If this person had a mustache when they died. Then you, then you bring it. It's usually around here, all right. Sometimes you might find it around the jaw. It might be left there. Okay. So when you, uh, so when you, uh, so when you, uh, so when you bring out the jaw. So I'll show you later. I'm in the real. Um. Um coffin itself it's a little it's a bit it's very it's hard to find okay and it's and it's very um so you could lose it real fast all right so when you find it okay the jaw is usually like that at I'm around this shape okay it's like that okay so when the so when the body decom decomposes it's like long like that okay it all rots out in a flat line almost so you can't see it okay see uh, see the top usually has teeth but the bottom is sometimes hard to find okay because it's usually out like that now when you first find it, you might have to do some some fixtures okay and put um uh spring on the sides so that way you know uh, i'm gonna open it up all right and shut for show it's very okay but at the while take um some screws and everything you make a hole here and in the jaw you put the spring and then it's fine it's just like that all right so open it closed all right so what you do or right, so when you so when you first open them up all right do not do not grab it here all right don't grab it by the teeth like that all right uh, you grab it by the eyes or the nose you, you pull it out put your finger all the way in there is nothing there that will hurt you at all all right you have to make sure of that there's nothing that can hurt you. Do not be afraid. Pull it out like that. Do not pull it by the teeth, or else it'll break out like that, and you will have holes. So it's, it's like a waste of time. Okay, so you, so you grab it like that, and pull it forward, or so you'll have the backbone like this, all right, and you'll have ribs. Now the shirt usually turns hard, all right, so you have to break off the shirt, and you have to rip it back. Now, okay, so try and keep this. All right, try and keep the real teeth in, all right? The, the roots will pop out very, very, very easy, okay? See, as you can see, the bone is very thin, so that's why these popped out very, very easily. Like in, 
almost popped them in, but I can't pop them in quite right. Why? Because the root, the, um, the um, gum was about this far. So that's why you can't push them all the way in because that's how far it went when they were alive. Okay, now as you can see, these are the nostrils. Okay, for this, for this you're gonna have to take something, push it in, wrap around um, uh, thin um, um, cloth or something, push it in so that we could get that real clean. On the inside, see on the inside, if you, if you don't want to make a cut around here, so you have to take something real thin and push it around. Make sure it's all clean, all right? See, so, so remember, you have a very small hole, all right? So, so, so you make a cut right here, so you can make sure that the inside is all clean. But, I mean, it won't look that that nice afterwards. As a matter of fact, it won't look that that good at all, okay? So what you do is you try to make the best, put your finger in there if you have to, and get it as clean as possible. All right, so that way you don't have to make a cut and you know, it's much better if you want to. Afterwards, you could set it down, put a put a black candle on the top, and let it bleed down. Let the candle wax fall, and it looks nice. Okay, so what you do, if you want, you can try try diluted bleach on it. Okay, you dip it in there for a few seconds. All right, so wash it off. All right, then afterwards you you dip it back in, wash it off. Make sure the bowl does not get that soft with water, or else at the while. This will be very fragile, right? And if you say you topple it over, it will break on you. So what you do is try and try and um, dilute the bleach as much as possible. Do not paint it at all. Do not paint this at all, because it will ruin the whole thing. Because it is hell to get the paint in here and get it right. Because you want to see the the cracks like this. There's a crack. So you want to see everything. So that way it looks real. Okay, you want to see see every little crack around the sides, right? You want to know that it's real, okay? So that way you know it's authentic and looks nice, like that. It looks much better when it's real, okay? If it's fake, see if it's fake, you will know when it's fake, okay? See around the nose, it's never perfect, right? Everybody has their own different thing around here. It's always somehow cracked in a way, okay? Right here, you will see cracks. If you don't see cracks around here, not cracks out, just cracks around here. See, after it's washed, then you know it's fake, okay? Uh... So for the brave people that want to actually view that video, because as I said, it's at least 30, more, like a little over 30 minutes, uh, so you can watch it in its entirety. And if you're curious to find it on YouTube, you can actually search the term grave robbing for morons. And believe me, you'll know what it is because the thumbnail is of a dude in a leather jacket and long hair. He kind of looks like Richard Ramirez, but like a very skinny, scrawny version. Probably has the same halitosis as fucking stank breath that what's-his-face did Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. So in the video, he's holding a skull, and you can see other bones that he's placed. I can't really tell off the top of my head what type of bones those are, but he has them like on a cushion light, and you can tell they're in a basement. And the only information that I found was from a Reddit user who kind of explained that he remembers when he saw this video and or you know he happened to see that people were talking about this video and he claims to have known them in his neighborhood where he grew up from and that he believes it's legitimate because they are weirdos like that they idolize the devil they believe themselves to be satanists and whatnot what have you and that 
they were always getting in trouble for doing things. And he doesn't doubt that he's probably a serial killer or he would become a serial killer. That happened in the early 90s when they were growing up. So who knows what he's like now and who knows if it's fake or not. But he, from the descriptions that he gives, it does seem plausible that it is, that they really did go into gravesites because in the video you can see. So again, the name of the video, if you're curious and you want to look it up on YouTube, which was where I found it because I was just curious because I seen it a long, long time ago during my LimeWire days. And obviously when you find it like that after downloading what you think is a movie and it ends up being that, obviously it's going to freak you out. But supposedly, not supposedly, he goes on to give great detail about how you can determine if the skull is fake or not because he says everybody's skull is different there's cracks in certain areas no skull is ever alike and you know you can hear him talk about it so and he apparently graves robbed robs these graves so he can take them to somebody who's going to buy them and he even goes into detail about how do you bleach the skeleton so they can look how they do in a medical school or something so i thought it was interesting enough just because of the sheer morbidness of what he's talking about. So let's get into the next 911 call. Lincoln County 911. Yes, this is Donna Jackson. I'm at 352-112 East 800 Road. There's a man at my back door. He's trying to get in. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Stay on the line with me, okay, ma'am? All right, so make it quick. I'm gonna... I've been hearing barking for a long time. Back, I don't know what's going on. There's a man at the back door trying to get in. It's Kelly. Do I just go over there? Ma'am? Yeah, stay on the line with me, okay? He's hollering and yelling. I have a gun. Okay, I'm... Listen to me. Listen to me carefully. Yes. Dog's outside. There's a great big lab. He's loose. Dispatch him to there. And the dog is going after him. Okay, and you have a gun? Yeah, I guess I do. I do not have it out. Okay. Just I want you to stay on and I will use it. I want you to stay on the line with me. I will. He is banging on the door. Okay. I need him now. Um, he's banging on the door trying to get in. It's a patio door and it's not worth a nickel. I can hear him banging. He's trying to get in. He needs to get back. Okay. 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 They're rushing. And the front gate is locked. There's no way I can let him in. He'll see me. Just stay on with me. I am. Okay. He looks like an older man, but I don't know. I don't understand what's going on. And you're there by yourself? Yes. Yeah, my husband's at work. He's getting close to the door. I'm going to go ahead and get the gun out. It's a shotgun. It's large. I'm, my son's a cop, okay? Okay, who's your son? I, pardon me? Who's your son? My son is Brad Jackson, chief of police for the absentee Shawnee tribe. Okay. See, who else? Be closer. County is on their way. Um... Do you live on the corner of that mile section? Yes. Yeah, Jackson resident just. He's away from. Yeah, he's still here. 
Yeah, I can hear him banging. Can you understand what he's saying at all? Well, he's crazy. He's crazy. I can hear him yelling. I'm taking the safety off the gun, man. He's acting crazy. I don't know how he got in here. He had to climb. He had to come through the very back. So you're, you're saying your front gate is locked? Yes, ma'am, it is. How will, how does the police need to I, get Okay. He's going to have to climb over the fence. Okay. The dog is watching his man. He's going to have to climb the fence in the front yard. So front gate is locked. I'll have to climb the fence. Okay. Listen to me. Listen to me. Yes. There is a key. Okay. In a, in a little a metal post sticking up in the front yard. But I think they just need to come around. Key in a metal box? No, no. It's an old flagpole that's broken off. There's a wire hanging inside of it, and inside there's the keys to the house and the gate. But if he can make it through the gate, come on. The dog, the, listen to me, the dog's name is Cody. He's a yellow lab. He knows cops. He's not afraid of them. But he is guarding. And so, and we have got we have big guard dogs for the goats, but they can't get they can't get out. Taking a can up by the fence, uh, lots of a There's going to be a wire hanging inside. There's going to be a key uh, to have into the gate hanging on that wire. It will be inside that pole. It's going to be a yellow lab. Yes. His name is Cody. His name is Cody. He's company with cops. He's under cops. He's under cops. He's under Hey, is is John Tice on duty? Is John Tice on duty? John Tice, I know him. Cody knows him. Oh crap, he's coming around the front. I don't have. Is uh, your front door locked? Yes, ma'am, but it's only got a lock on the handle. Okay. Do you have a place that you can go inside your house and lock yourself in a room? Ah, uh, not really. He's trying to go to the front door. I've got a big shotgun. I'm not going into a tiny bathroom. No, is he still banging? No, he's not banging, but he's walking around the house trying to find a way in. Oh, crap, he's at the back. Okay, County 13 is advising that you can defend your property if you need to. All right, he's he's at the garage. He's at the garage? Is it attached to your house? Nope, he's, he's at the pat back patio door again. I can hear him banging again. I don't want to have to kill this man, but I'll kill him graveyard dead man. I understand. All right. You just stay on the line with me until you hear, until we know what county officer's on scene. No, I will. I'm in the kitchen at the back of the house. She's in the kitchen at the back of the house. I've turned off all the lights in here. Oh, crap, he's breaking in. He's breaking in now. He's breaking in now. He's breaking in. He's got in. the gun on him. Just, just. If he breaks the window, I'm going to kill him. He's walking across back and forth on the porch. He looks to be an older man. I don't want to kill him.
I understand, ma'am. He's kicking the door. Please hurry. Hurry. Not far out Please of the door in. He's going to make it in. Please hurry, ma'am. Okay, I'm trying to find out where they're at. Yeah, get somebody in the strap. It's not strap. He's kicking the door. Please. Okay, they're they're on their way. They're getting Stroud in route too. Please hurry. Okay, stay with me. I I think he's drunk. He doesn't know where his pickup's at. God, I don't want to kill this. Okay, man. okay, I understand. Oh dear God, ma'am. Just 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 try to. I know it's hard to stay calm, ma'am. Just keep on the phone with me. I can't just gotta keep on the phone, darling. It's a big shotgun. It'll break my arm. Okay, stay on the phone. As soon as you tell me they're here, I'm taking the safety off. I'm putting the safety back on this sucker. Okay. How far out are they? I don't know. They need to hurry. He's going to break this thing open. If he does, I'll have to kill him, ma'am. I don't want to kill him. I understand, ma'am. You have to protect yourself. I will. He's 88. He keeps yelling, Pat. Oh, he's getting ready to break the window. Okay. He sounds drunk. Can you hear that? I can hear him yell, and I can't hear what he's saying. Do you have a neighbor, anybody close to... All, all my neighbors are in their 80s, ma'am. Okay. It's the only phone I've got is the one we're talking on. Okay, and is it a cell phone or is it your house phone? It's the house phone. The house phone, okay. Oh, my God, don't let him get the bricks. She wants to know how quickly. She don't want to shoot him, but I'm trying to stay away from the window. She's, she's stepping down off safety. Uh, he's trying to kick the door. So. It's off safety, ma'am. All I've got to do is fire. He hasn't came through he's the door yet. Okay, he's got a plastic chair. Thank God we don't have big chairs. He's got a plastic chair? Oh, he's got it. He he's out of here, ma'am. I'm putting one down. She hung up on me. He, he came through the window. He came through the door. He threw a chair through the door. I'm she put the phone down and said she was putting the gun on Ma'am, it's about through the house. I'm going to shoot. Oh, God. Ma'am? Out there, Kendrick, is really close. Can we get down for it? Man, hurry. Dear God, hurry. Okay. Not yet. Hurry. Can you, is there, oh my God. Ma'am, is your phone on cord? Let's go. I shot him going out front. I hit him. He shot him. God, help me. Okay, stay on the line. She shot him. I need to get an email supper, too. I dropped the phone. Okay, oh, please, ma'am. Okay. I know, ma'am. We're trying. Here. Oh, please, dear God, I think I've killed him. 
We are. We are. We're, we've got Stroud headed there, and County's trying to get there. Please. Oh, is John Tice anywhere from County? Tom County. Tom County. Tom County. Tom County. It's okay, ma'am. It's okay. So sorry. Now I know. It's okay. There's nothing you can do. You have to protect yourself. You don't know. No, he's bleeding. Okay. Okay. You, you stay in the house, okay? I am. He's on the back porch. Okay, stay in the house. It's okay, ma'am. It's okay. You 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 have to protect yourself. Okay. Can you stay calm with me? Off the gun. I I don't think I need it anymore. Oh my God. Ma'am. Yes. It's okay. Yes. We got an ambulance in our house. Yes, you'll need an ambulance. Okay, it's okay, ma'am. It's all right. Okay. Is there somebody we can get a hold of to come to your house? Where's your son? Is he on duty? He's in Johnny. He's in Johnny? Listen to me. His number is 918 908 phone call was from Donna Jackson. She called while an intruder, a person that she didn't know, obviously, was trying to break down her back patio door. And she, like she said in the phone call, decided to take action because she feared for her life, essentially. So this is what I found 
on that incident. District Attorney Richard Smotherman has issued his opinion that a local county woman was justified when she shot and killed an intruder who threw a patio table through her glass door early Friday morning. No charges will be filed. Donna Jackson, 57, shot Billy Dean Riley about 12.40 a.m. while she was on the phone with 911 dispatchers. During the call, she was pleading for deputies to hurry to the scene because a man she described as being drunk was trying to get into her rural home located between Stroud and Cushing. A review of the recording, recorded 911 call paints a chilling scene according to Smotherman's opinion, which said evidence shows the use of defensive force by Jackson was justifiable as citizens have a right to expect absolute safety within their homes. Smotherman said Oklahoma law allows a person to use defensive force that is intended or likely to cause death or great bodily harm to another if that person is in the process of unlawfully and forcefully entering a residence. The death of Billy Riley, while tragic, was justifiable under Oklahoma law. This is what he said. I therefore decline prosecution. According to the ruling, Jackson was home alone that night and was in bed reading the Bible when she heard her dogs barking. She got up to see what was happening and noticed a man at the back patio door that she did not know or recognize the man, later identified as Riley aged 53, started banging on her patio door, yelling obscenities and threatening to kill her. The opinion shows. Jackson called 911 to report the incident and also retrieved a shotgun from a closet. Riley attempted to gain entry to the home by kicking and banging on the door. He finally gained entry by breaking the glass door with a patio table. Miss Jackson fired her weapon, striking the man one time in the chest, causing a fatal wound. Based on the investigation, Smotherman said evidence at the scene of the home was consistent with Jackson's statements. Riley's body was found with his feet inside the threshold of the home. Pieces of glass inside the home from the broken glass also had prints consistent with Riley's boots. The 911 call also is evidence as Riley can be heard yelling and pounding on the door before the fatal shot was fired. Miss Jackson can be heard talking to the 911 operator. She can be heard imploring law enforcement to hurry, stating several times that she did not want to shoot this man. Near the end of the call, glass can be heard breaking, and shortly afterward, a weapon is discharged. Law enforcement arrived a short time later. Riley was pronounced dead at the scene. Jackson hasn't commented to the media about the incident. Smotherman said Jackson's thoughts have been for Riley's family. Authorities have said they do not know why Riley broke into Jackson's home, but they believe he was driving in the area where his pickup ran off the roadway. His sister was found passed out in the pickup and was transported to a hospital for medical treatment. And just to hear that woman, obviously she has a conscience because you can hear her crying for this man that she had to fucking hurt and fortunately end his life because that's what happens when you're drunk and belligerent. You don't really realize what you're doing and... Sometimes it can get you killed. Well, unfortunately, this is all the time I have for you guys. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the 911 Calls because these are my most requested episodes because you guys can't get enough of other people's miseries and just sheer fucking morbid curiosity that you guys have. But I love it. You guys keep me going and I love it. So if you want to, why not follow me on my social media on Instagram at Strange Talk Podcast. I also have a Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash Strange Talk Podcast if you're interested 
Although I don't really spend that much time on the Facebook, everything that I post to Instagram goes straight to the Facebook. So you're getting best of both worlds, I guess, if you tend to stay on one or the other. Also, if you want to send me news articles or just send me stuff, you can do so by sliding into my DMs on Instagram at Strange Talk Podcast. Or you can send them via email if you want to be more professional, in a more professional manner, I guess. It's strangetalkpodcast at outlook.com. It's where you can touch me there and just uh, tell me tell me about your life. Tell me about yourself. But anyways, thank you guys again for joining me. I hope you guys enjoyed this batch of 911 calls. I'm probably doing it again maybe next month. Probably might do one every month until I run out of 911 calls for you. So, you know, if not, you guys find really good 911 calls and you haven't heard it on any episodes that I previously had then, you know, send them my way. I will be, I would love to feature them and especially give you guys a shout out. Also, I do have a giveaway still kind of going. Um, it was supposed to end last Friday, but since nobody seemed to fucking care or nobody is interested, I really don't know. I'll be honest with you. Only a few people actually did what they were supposed to do to actually enter the contest. So maybe I should just re-edit it and not have you guys do it that way. I don't know, but... If you are interested in the contest, go and check my Instagram so you can see how to enter the giveaway. What I'm going to be giving away is a t-shirt with the Strange Talk Podcast logo, a mug, a coffee mug, or an alcoholic beverage mug, if you will, um, with the Strange Talk Podcast logo on it, and a Funko Pop, which is going to be the Pennywise the Dancing Clown Funko Pop, but if you already have that one and you're the lucky winner, go ahead and let me know that you have that and I'll choose a different one for you. But thank you guys for uh, bringing me to actually do the 1,000 follower giveaway. I'm now at 1,061, and I hope that could reflect my listenership. But although I do usually hit around 100 listens per episode, so thank you guys for just keep coming back and keep listening. I'm not going to stop thanking you guys all the time. Thank you to Creep It Real Pod for always staying cool and giving me shout-outs and being awesome. Bubble Butt Podcast is a really good podcast, too. They're a lot more popular than I which I can't blame them for because they deserve every bit of it because they're fucking hilarious. And I like them because they're, they have a lot of dark humor and that's why I like them a lot. Um, there's boobs and booze <laughs> podcast. They're really funny. There's um, kills and chills, which are always awesome with me, which I can't really announce it too much now because it may or may not happen. It just depends on scheduling. We might have something that we're going to be working on together with kills and chills. So hopefully you guys will be excited to hear about that, but I can't give too much away because Things can happen in the unforeseeable future. But thank you again for joining me on this episode of 911 Calls. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I will leave you with one short, short final call. And hopefully you guys enjoy enjoy it because it's pretty fucked up and disturbing. But it's very short. So as always, stay strange. You've called three times. What do you need? I called you back. You don't answer. What is your emergency? What can the police department to help you with at this very moment what do you need i don't answer because my telephone is off okay well it's not off because you keep dialing 911 and not answering you hang up and you don't you don't you're not there what do you need us to do for you right now i have an emergency call on the other line you need to get a husband you need to get a husband yeah you're calling 911 to get a husband well that that is not that doesn't yes you know you can get arrested for dial 911 Do you know you can get arrested for dialing 911? Let's do it. You want to get arrested for dialing 911? Absolutely. Okay. You stay on the line, okay? Thank you, dear. 
All right. Audrey, okay, we're going to send you an officer, okay? Thank you. So You're much. welcome. Bye-bye.